This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. meeting I've ever been in, I actually ran myself. I had spent the weekend and probably even before the weekend planning for a, a big change that I needed to have or, or a serious change that I needed to have. And in order to do that, I, I really had to have the, the buy-in of the leaders uh, that were in my group. I, I was running a, a software company at the time, and I had spent hour upon hour strategizing on what this change needed to be and how it needed to be implemented. And But I, I didn't want it to be my idea. I needed to get buy-in. And so uh, over the weekend, uh, I, I did all that strategizing. On, on the Monday morning, as soon as I, I got in, I called an impromptu meeting of the people that work for me, uh, set it for 1 o'clock. There was, there was no time limit. It obviously was the same day. I told them we had a, we had a, a serious discussion about some change, and I actually wrote in there that you know it, the change wasn't for everyone, but it, it, but it was serious. Everybody needed to be at the meeting. So... Needless to say, I was ready for one o'clock, ready for the meeting to get started. And what I didn't realize at that moment was, is that at 8 a.m. when I had sent out the meeting request till 1 p.m., I had literally paralyzed the entire company because everybody was scared because they didn't know what the change was. And I hadn't communicated what it was. And so all the leaders that, you know, had, didn't come talk to me because they were just off doing their own thing, but they'd all talked to their staff and said, hey, listen, I've got this one o'clock meeting because, of course, they had to rearrange their schedules and, you know, not quite sure what it is, but, but we'll get back to you. And so it created, it, it created immediately, it kind of stopped everybody in the organization. And so when I got into the meeting and, and began to talk and, and started to talk through what the change was, once they realized what it was, it was kind of a kind of a little bit of a, a a sigh of relief for them because they realized that the change that I was talking about, I wasn't going to lay anybody off or wasn't anything crazy like that or a reorganization. It was a, a strategy, a, a product strategy concept that I was looking for how to how to go to market. But while everybody in my staff meeting had kind of settled down, there was no way for them to tell the other people in the company that it wasn't a bad thing. So, so I literally paralyzed the entire company for almost a day because we obviously had another three hours to almost four o'clock before everyone else found out what it wasn't. What it wasn't. And so it was, a, it, was a, it, it, it was a disaster at that point. And then I proceeded, to, I proceeded to try to get them to buy into my ideas, but I didn't do it like, hey, listen, this is what I want to do. This is the way I want to do it. Here's the strategy. Here's all the stuff that I've spent hours thinking about. I want, I want you to, 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 to fill in, to contribute. To, we can change any of them, but, but I've already done this groundwork. I, I didn't do that. I wanted it to be their idea. So I painstakingly tried to 
work with them to get them to come up with the same things that I did. And so we, we didn't get anywhere. It was a disaster. I finally had to tell them the things that I want, which didn't leave enough time. So there was, there was no new flow of ideas. Uh, we got out, uh, you know, we got out somewhere around time, everyone out. And so I just wrecked an entire day. It was, it was awful. And the reason that I'm sharing that with you is, of course, because podcast 79 today, we're going to talk about meetings. And we're going to talk about contact center meetings, but this really works for everyone. There are a number of keys to a great meeting, and we're going to walk through them. And if you got a pen or you got your laptop out or your, your phone, I'd take some notes. These are things that you can apply today to the meeting you're going to have later in the day or the meeting you're going to have tomorrow or the one that you've already scheduled that you're gonna turn around and, and come back and reset it. So here we go. Uh, some of these are obvious, some of these are basic, but, but the basic and the obvious are some of the things that we can really use. I mean, th they really make a difference. That's the reason that they're basic and they're obvious, and sometimes we miss them, and you go, oh, that makes sense, that, 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 that's obvious. But sometimes we just forget those and don't do the things that we're supposed to do. So here we go. Our first one is meetings gotta have a purpose. I know it sounds crazy, but, but meeting ought to have a title and it ought to have a purpose. And that might be something as simple as the weekly staff or the daily meeting or the monthly meeting or the reward and recognition meeting, the client review meeting, the new offering meeting, whatever it is, it ought to have a purpose. And you measure the success of the meeting as to whether you accomplished the purpose that you had in front of you. So meeting has to have purpose. So your meeting should have a title. Even the ones that are, even the ones that happen on a regular basis, it, it ought to have a title and maybe it ought to have an explanation under, underneath what it is we're going to do. The, the second area is, is time. And this may be the most important one. Meetings need to run on time. If you work in a contact center, this is especially true. Your meetings must run on time. I love meetings in a contact center that start at 8.03 and finish at 8.33, because minutes count, and they really count. I, I love to see managers running to meetings to show up on time, because they, they have to be in their seats. And you've heard me say this expression before, but and I'll say it again for you. In the contact center, and really in, in the world, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're history. People ought to show up to a meeting early and be on time in their seats so when the meeting starts, the meeting starts. In contact centers, we call this the, 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 the call center minute. And the way that you can measure it is that if I've got a meeting with 10 people in it and nine people show up and then one person doesn't show up for, for, for 10 minutes, then that means we've had nine people for 10 minutes that weren't doing anything, which means we just wasted 90 minutes. And that is the underlying logic behind adherence and scheduling and why it matters. Because when people don't show up or people aren't in their chairs when they're supposed to be, call center minutes add up quite a bit. And that's the time component, which of course that costs money because then I have to have more people to staff during those times. Well, in a, in a meeting, there used to, be a, uh, used to be some software. It came from John Anton, Dr. John Anton, who, who was the founder of a Benchmark uh, Portal. And, and he had this brilliant piece of software. And what it was is it was a, a meeting miser, I think it was called. And what you would do is you'd walk into the meeting and you'd walk over to the, to the uh, uh, laptop that was there and you would key in your, your salary. 
And obviously it was, it was hidden so nobody could see it, but everybody in the room keyed in their salary. And then what it did was it started to tell you how much money the company was spending every minute that you were in the meeting. And of course, depending on how many people you had and how highfalutin they were, that, that, that dial spun really quickly. And you realize just how much money you were spending in a meeting. So people understand that and they understand the value of, 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 of time, of, of people's time. You show up on time and you recognize how much money you're spending and, and it begins to apply a value to the meeting, which means we ought to get something done in this meeting. So maybe you don't have a meeting miser to do that, but maybe you just calculate it out ahead of time. Say, listen, I just want you to know how much every minute of this meeting costs us so that people understand and recognize what the value is of the things are that you're trying to get done. You can look at the sections of your meeting. You can almost begin to look at them like average, average handle time, right? You can take a look at the sections that you've got, especially if you've got a weekly staff meeting, and see whether you're staying somewhere in line with what it is you're supposed to do and, and pro, being productive or if there's areas that kind of spin you out of control and, and analyze your meeting and take a look at whether there's some ways that you might be able to make it more efficient. It's okay to stand up. And you can get people to stand up in the middle. You can have a meeting for an hour and you, you, you spend 15 minutes sitting down and then everybody stands up for 10 minutes on a particular area. We talk often about the fact when people are sitting in their seats and they've got something important to say that they, they stand up because it, it gives them a sense of, um, sense of purpose and, and, and they, sound, they sound better and their voice is more communicative. And, and, and so, so standing up isn't bad. Meetings time-wise that are less than an hour, lovely. If they're less than 30 minutes or 30 minutes, perfect. 10 minutes huddles, all of those are all okay. I told you that I like to start at 8.03 or, or 8.17 or whatever it is. I like to pick a time that focuses. The second thing is, is meetings must end on time every time. Every time your meetings need to end on time because it gives people confidence, A, to show up on time and B, they know that they can schedule something else right after it. You say, well, what happens if I got something that's really serious? Schedule another meeting. And unless there's some sort of crazy thing going on, schedule another meeting and follow up and be more efficient and effective the next time or schedule a little bit more time. But the, the less time that you've got in the meetings means the more time that you've got to accomplish what you need to because everybody's attentive, everybody's focused, and you recognize that you're in there for a purpose and you're going to make sure that you get it done. If you've, got, if you've got longer meetings and you have to have breaks, you need to be maniacal about, about the breaks. When the break starts, the break starts, and when they're done, everybody needs to be back in their seat again. No questions at all. You need to be back in your seat, and you need to be very focused on this. And if you're running new hire training, you need to be crazy about this in new hire. That we need to get people to run. They need to understand the importance of being in their seat early and on time. And if you set this up, and that's the expectation, and you say, you know what, the time is 9.45, we're going to start up here at 10. And we're not starting if everybody's not in this room, so you better be back in this room at 10 because it's gonna be very unpleasant and very uncomfortable if you show up after 10 and everybody's sitting here waiting, call center minutes, cost of time, and all those other kind of things. If you've got a break set for, and you've got a longer meeting and, 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 and you think that people are waning and, and you just begin to see that there's a lack of, lack of focus and, and people are starting to get unsettled in their seat, stop the, stop the meeting, have, have, move your break up. Have your break early. It's okay to have a break early. It's okay to break for lunch early if, if, if things are starting to wane. If there's, if there's no energy, if there's no focus, have a break. Take a break. Just because the break says I'm supposed to have it at this time, you've got the authority and the ability and, and the smarts to change it early on. So purpose, time, structure. You know, we talk often in these podcasts about the fact that there are really three priorities that you have, and that's, that's to connect, encourage, build, and learn. 
right? We're trying to, we're trying to connect people to our, our peers, uh, to their peers, the company, uh, to your customers, and to you. We're, we're trying to encourage. We're trying to, we're trying to celebrate the performance, the attitude, all the bubs and beyonds, all the challenges that go on. And then just globally, we're also trying to build and learn. We're always trying to learn something. Uh, we're, we're always trying to, to create an environment where people are going to learn whether it's about the, their individual uh, products and services you provide, or they're going to learn about what their next career is or what their dreams are, what their vision is for what they want to be for themselves. Because we only have people in place for a short amount of time in a short season. Well, a meeting's no different. A meeting's no different. We, we are trying to connect, encourage, build and learn in the meeting. So that means the structure you need to have a structure to your meeting. So, so an example of that might be that we that in order to connect, we, we you know we start our meetings with one of the leaders or participants shares something their group is doing. Might follow up with a customer success story or a, a learning moment or a, a legendary performance that ha- had occurred in the past. Uh, in order to connect with the company, that's when we might talk about any any information that we've got from the company or review the action items for the for the last meeting. Obviously, we're we're going to encourage. And we're going to learn because obviously we're going to figure out what the, the meeting the, the meeting purpose is, the meeting reason is. But your meeting ought to have some structure, some things that you go through, but it also ought to have some purpose to do the other things that you're trying to do. So people talk about having an icebreaker. They talk about doing something. And, and, and so people will do that, but, but it, it really doesn't have any purpose. But having some structure to your meetings that, that, that shares some insight into a particular group uh, or a particular area, maybe something that they're doing or they're working on or something about them or, or something that allows you to, to uh, encourage a particular area or, or remember a legendary moment or, or talk about something successful that's happening. You're, 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 you're hitting things that get people to understanding it and expectation that we're going to do things the same way, but we're doing them for a purpose. So if you're an organization that engages, uh, that, that, that's focused on engagement, then, then put your employees up front. Start your meetings talking about engagement. Start your meetings talking about the themes that you've got going on. And, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll do a podcast on the future, but, but, but uh, I heard, a, uh, I heard a, a person in this industry say the other day, we're obviously, my, my company's in the employee engagement business, you know, engaging your, your people, engaging your customers, and you know, driving performance off of that. And we had, we had uh, sent out a note saying that we wanted to talk to them about, about what we did. And, you know, a, a typical... You know, pre-sales trying to, hey, uh, you know, we're interesting. Are you interested in talking to us? And the response that we got was, no, thank you, not right now. We're upgrading our technology, not our people. We're upgrading our technology, not our people. I will do a podcast on that in the future, but that's really sad. Are you focused on upgrading your technology but not upgrading your people? You should be upgrading your people all the time. Well, one of the ways that you upgrade your people, the people in this meeting, is, is, is that we have some structure to it and, and focus on how we do things. Uh, next up is, is participation. You know, th- there needs to be some rules around participation. Rule number one is, is that everyone attending has to prep. Everyone has to have some sort of prep into the meeting or it makes you wonder why they, why they are. I mean, and, and if, if somebody doesn't have to prep for the meeting, then it makes me wonder whether they're kind of useless. Maybe they don't need to be there. And I'm going to give you another rule here in a moment that, that expresses that, and that is, is that... Um, is that meetings need to, need to look like, if you've ever seen a TV show where they have like a White House meeting and they've got the people that are around the table and then they've got the support people that sit behind them. There's, there's the people that participate in the meeting and there's the people that sit behind them and maybe they might provide some, some focus or they might lean in and, and give some sort of a comment. I know you've seen it in the movies. Well, it, it's, it's very similar in these meetings. Who's in your meetings? 
who needs to be in your meetings? And if people aren't preparing to be in your meetings, they, they, don't, need to be, they don't need to be in them. And, and, and evaluating all your meetings like staff meetings. Have they gotten too big? Do you go into your staff meeting and only talk to four people and everybody else sits around and listens? Well, I, I know they need to listen, but maybe the people that are in the staff meeting ought to turn around and communicate it. And every once in a while, you ought to bring everybody in and have that communication. Don't have everyone if only two or three people are going to speak, but then don't have a meeting with 30 people in there where everyone has to speak because that creates a, that just creates a lot, of, lot of conflict. The other thing that can happen in those meetings is, is it's a great time to have access to power. When I get people in the meetings, one of the things ways you can connect is you can bring in a leader or an, uh, you know, or an executive from another area or somebody from the outside or something where you're, you're giving people that don't normally get access to power, they get access to power. So I could have a supervisor meeting my weekly supervisor meeting or my monthly supervisor meeting or whatever it is and bring in an executive to talk to the supervisors. Well, they get access to power. They learn something. And, and so you're doing a couple things at the same time. So, so we want to have, want to have, want to obviously have prep, make sure everybody's prepping. We want to have access to power. Third thing we want to do is, is you can't leave early. Can't leave early from a meeting. Healthy meetings, people don't leave early. And if people leave early, everybody leaves. Everybody gets up and leaves if people leave early. And when you do that, you create the environment that we're all in this. And so all of a sudden, if, if, if you can't leave early, our meetings are going to get a lot shorter. And so we need to make sure that, that in the participation that, that, that everybody's in and everybody leaves at the same time. And then the next, the, next, the, next, the next key you have to have is you obviously have to have action items. You have to have action items every time when you're done with a meeting. Every time you have to have action items. If you have no action items, then, then you probably shouldn't have had the meeting. You probably should not have had the meeting. And one of the things about, one of the things about action items is, is that you always want to have, you always want to have a parking lot. You always want to have an area where, where as you're talking, if there's something else that comes up that's important, rather than going down the rabbit trail, rather than veering off into it, you put it on a parking lot. A parking lot is something that's important that we need to talk to, or maybe it's not important, but we still need to talk about it, but it just, it, it, it puts it up there, we know it's there, and, and, and we move on. Because it may require more preparation in order to do it. Somebody may bring a parking lot issue back in, and you can talk about it. And some organizations, when they do meetings, they, they have a section in the meeting where they take one of the park, parking lot issues, and they, they spend a little bit of time on it, because they know it's going to take a while, but they don't want to wait 90 days to talk about the parking lot issue. And so a parking lot issue is, is something that you put on the board. Parking lot issues are sometimes things that you, when you start the next meeting, you say, hey, we still got these in the parking lot. So here's some other general rules that I think will help you and will make you more effective and more efficient in your meetings. Food. It's either yes or no. And you need to define it because the expectations and the distractions that come with it. I think a working lunch is always a great idea, unless it's highly stressful and then then people need the break but but if you're gonna have a working lunch you have to be aware of what you're talking about during that lunch because it's a little more casual people are focused on their food you know they can't write things down so so you can have a working lunch but you might have a working lunch on a subject that's that's more interesting or a little bit lighter than obviously the key most important thing that's going on in your meeting the other thing is order the lunch prior don't don't take up time in your meeting to, to pass a, a form around so that people can order lunch because as soon as you do that nobody's paying attention I mean, the deal is really simple, right? We're going to have lunch. The lunch menu is going to be there. If you want lunch, come early. Come early so that you can sign up for lunch. If you don't come early, you're not getting any lunch. And, and, and that way, it's not taking up from a meeting. It also forces people to get there early. Make sure you've got enough room for everyone. AC doesn't get overloaded. You've got great chairs. You don't have any distractions. 
make sure there's enough room. If you're crowding people into a room, you got too many people in the room or you need a bigger room. And if you got too big of a room and it begins to look like a, com- you know, like a concert hall, you got way too many people in the meeting because you need to put that meeting miser in place and figure out just how much money you're spending while you're having this meeting. Phones in a basket, computers in a basket. Uh, that's why you want to have short meetings so you don't have distractions. And if you take the phones and computers out of the meeting, they'll be shorter because people won't be able to survive, which means they'll be very focused and on purpose about getting the stuff done they need, to, they need to get done. There's nothing more distracting than the one person in the room that's got his, his or her computer and it's open and, and they're working on their computer the entire time. Or you see them flinch when something happens because, because something in their life is so important that they, that, that they can't really be in that meeting without being on their computer. They probably don't need to be in the meeting. They need to be in front of their computer and they should send somebody else that can take the time to actually listen and participate in the meeting. You really shouldn't have any phones or computers in your meeting. And yes, I recognize that sometimes there's some requirements for it, but if you wanna have an effective meeting, it'll just get shorter, you'll get more done. And if they really need their computer and phone in order to, get, in order to have a meeting with you, you probably have bigger problems. Introduce new people. Not everyone, unless it's really, really necessary. If somebody new comes in, introduce the new person, say, listen, there's a lot of people in this room. You are going to get to know them and you learn from them. The next time we take a break, they're going to come find you. And by the way, that's just great culture. If a new person comes in, every leader, every leader, not just that one leader, every leader ought to go meet them and, and get to know them. And, and you're going towards the employee. You're going towards them and be a great, be a great uh organization that has a core competency of bringing people on board and making them feel feel welcome. Make sure your tech works prior, really well prior. You know what? Have the tech go to the meeting if it's always problematic. You know, you're always looking for a tech, make sure it sets up, but they run in there. You know what? If, if it's a requirement, just have them sit there the entire time to make sure that your tech works and you've got it working. And, and if you keep your tech there for the meeting, they'll figure out how to make this stuff work so they don't have to keep showing up. You need to have a code red. And a code red means what, what cancels this meeting. You need to know in advance what's going to occur that's a code red that you're going to cancel the meeting for. And I know you'll never know in every circumstance, but way too many pe- meetings are canceled because of some small reason that, that you just could have held on and you just could have done it. Which brings me to my last, probably the most important thing that I'm going to say as the leader, as the person that's setting this meeting up, you need to hold your ground you can't leave. You have to show up on time. You need to let your leader know who you work for that, that, that when you have this meeting, you're going to stay in this meeting and you're going to be in it on time. Don't be late to your own meeting. Don't have anyone else start it for you. It does not work. If you're the leader and you're not in the meeting, the meeting won't go well. And again, if you're the kind of person that just gets called out a lot, then have shorter meetings to make sure that you're in them. Well, I just gave you a boatload of stuff. I'm not going to go back over it again because I want to be efficient with my time. These are some of the steps that you can take to have great meetings. Great meetings usually result in great success. If you look at your meetings and you don't feel like you actually get anything out of them, then you're probably doing the, 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 the single wrong thing, especially in a contact center, which is don't measure anything you have no intention of changing. Measure stuff that you're going to change. Have meetings on stuff and things and purpose that you're going to change, that you're going to react to. Otherwise, you're just monitoring. It's just like the weather. There's no reason to measure the weather because we can't do anything about it. But we monitor it. So monitor things. But but if you're going to have a meeting, 
make it purposeful, make it run on time, make it something where you understand and define the participation and have action items that come out of it. It's been great to talk to you this week. I tell you every week, you have the capacity to be a great leader. One of the ways you can be a great leader is by running great meetings, being great at running meetings. But in order to be a great leader, it requires effort, it requires hard work, it requires people to come along and help you. Go be a great leader. It's great to talk to you this week. I am always interested in what you have to say. Love the feedback. Tell me more. If there's a subject you want me to touch upon, I'd be happy to do it. Have a great week. Look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.